2: Pitch by Martinez is up and in and hits. Gerald Williams on the left hand. Dig your cleats in. Now he's going to charge them out.
0: He's going to charge Martinez and the fight is on. He got a right hand in before he's grabbed from behind by Baratek. And now the benches are empty.
1: It's time for Hour 2 of the Hot
2: Corner with Patrick Harris. Kirzinski wanting to know am I going. He is going. And Mike Lynch.
0: It is a collision at the plate. And Kierzynski not only Bangs onto the plate, and here
2: they go. Step up to the plate for hour two of the hot corner.
0: Poseidon getting
1: into it with Barrett. I and mean, there is some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. On 1080. Uh, Whoa! Batista
2: got all he could
0: handle with that. Wow.
2: That's some pretty solid contact
0: right there. The fan. Welcome into the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you missed any of the first hour, you can download that on the Les Schwab Tires podcast at 10A The Fan or wherever you get your podcast. Speaking of podcasts, we got the Beers on Us podcast that Mike and I like to do every single week. That's going to drop tomorrow at 4. Same sort of deal. You can get it at 10A The Fan or wherever you get your podcast. And where you do, give us a subscription or yeah. a rating or a review or something like that. Shout-a-holla, Mike. It, it's like... I love this show. We've been doing this show for, what, this is our sixth baseball season coming up now?
2: Is it bad already, Mike? Goodness
0: gracious, baby. You know, Mike, I love you. Aw, I love you. Yeah. I just got told I was going to do this show, and this guy, Mike Lynch, and I was like, well, I listened to Tanya the Fan. Oh, Mike Lynch, the primetime producer. And they were like, yeah, you're going to do this show with him. And I was like, all right, whatever. I don't know this dude. Hopefully he doesn't suck. (laughs) And now I love you. You're like one of my best friends, baby. Thank you. You yeah, too. You it's too. great.
2: Man up. <laughs> you know what? That's more manning up than anything else there, Mr. It's lit.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel. My I feel lit. like I'm this. Sorry. I feel it's lit. Um, so download that wherever you get your podcasts and get it because that's our that's Mike and I's little fun little side project, and we actually have a lot of fun with it. Um, we're actually going to talk about something that might affect things on the field. Are you yeah. ready for this, Mike?
2: No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not prepared to talk like this at all. We spent
0: the whole first hour not talking about things that happened on the field. Major league baseball came down today with some new rules and we had heard, we we knew they were coming. We'd heard a little bit of rumblings, but we weren't sure if anything was going to be actually official. And, there's some, you know, there's some DL stuff about how long you can be on the DL and there's roster things, which I don't think anybody really cares about. There's I an don't. an extra man. Yeah, there's an extra man. I don't care about this. The big thing is in 2020 relievers that come or any pitcher basically must face a minimum of three batters,
2: which is a massive Massive. I don't think people understand how massive this change is.
0: I think it is the I think it is the biggest change to Major League Baseball since the designated hitter.
2: Yeah, because it gets rid of the specialist in a certain way. Yep. Or the specialist now has
0: to be not in a certain way. I mean, that specialist got to be real good. Or the strategy has to be yep. better. Got to be real good. Um, it it does affect
2: the strategy of the manager if the pitcher looks like instantly he doesn't have it. You got to let him go for three batters, right? Now, in some teams, this, isn't usually, this might not be an issue, right? But most good teams in baseball now, and I would say all teams in baseball now, they've been
0: playing with the one batter per one batter, especially once you get in the playoffs. That's what I'm thinking, dude. I think in the regular season, this is not an issue. Sure, it's something you're going to have to deal with and work around. And when you think of the good managers in baseball, you know, obviously I'm very fortunate I have – you know, then, I, I have I have Terry Francona stop. Don't even Mike, I will kill you. I will jump across this table and I will strangle you with from, my from microphone. One of wire. your
2: best friends to you'll kill me. I okay, I see I mean. yeah.
0: Um when I think of a guy like Joe Madden in Anaheim, I think of, you know, Terry Francona in Cleveland and of course the great Scott Service in Seattle. Um uh in season, it's going to take a little maneuvering, but I don't I actually don't think it will matter that much. Now, do you know that? I think if anything, it might help some managers with good bullpens to know the kind of limits their relievers have. They'll also, but, in the pl- but the playoffs, yeah, that's that, where it's all going to change. That'll also manage
2: some innings too, because guys won't come in quite as early because there'll be three batters. The question I have to ask you: I, I didn't see this. If let's say a guy comes in and pitches two batters, and the inning ends. Does he have to come back for one more? I believe so. Or does the inning-ending change it?
0: I think it's three batter minimum.
2: That, that's a little bit funky to me because you, it's like usually you start – like let's say, for example, the first pitcher gets one out and gives up a double and a, and a triple, right? Gives that, up a run.
0: That's your three guys.
2: That's your three guys. He gets taken out because he doesn't have it, but there's already one out. And you bring in the next guy. He gets the two outs immediately, inning over – you don't want him in the eighth inning. You don't
0: want him in the ninth inning. Well, maybe that you maybe you shouldn't have brought that guy in. I think this is like this is like the Andrew Miller rule, is what it is. It's like this is the rule that it's like if you are going to bring in a guy to shut it down, they got to be good. They got to be good because they got to stick around. You can't just bring in a lefty on a lefty or whatever kind of matchup you like to just get that one guy out. I mean, the reality is, is this is happening to speed up the game. I mean, that, that yeah, that's the only of, reason why they're doing this. There's no reason stuff, for yeah. competitive value because I think, you know, baseball fans like you and I, we don't care about a lefty specialist who Not comes in for one batter. We don't care about that at all. This is for less pitcher changes, but it is massively going to affect how managers Deal with their bullpen. I think that's
2: a good point because most baseball fans look at this and say, I never cared about how many pitchers are coming in.
0: I think the average sports fan has no idea what we're talking about.
2: Maybe, you um, know,
0: and and not in a bad way,
2: just like, wait, why, why, why is this a thing? Maybe the average sports fan watched the playoffs and went, oh my God, why are there so many stoppages? Right? Yeah. But they don't really understand what the process is for. It. Yeah, they be- also
0: watch a lot of football and love tortilla chip commercials, so they don't <laughs> realize anything. Talking about stoppages, anyway.
2: Football. Um, yeah, the that's uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm not necessarily opposed to the rule. I mean, I don't. Think, I'm not
0: really either.
2: I don't think it's necessary. I, I don't think you needed to change it, but I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out.
0: I will say this: I I agree. I don't think it's necessary. I don't love the concept. I don't love the idea of putting like who can do what. Like I don't like that aspect about baseball. But I will say this. As far as a lot of the things that I have heard about how to speed up the game, I will take this over everything. That's this true. is such an easy thing to say, okay too. But the playoffs. a runner on second in the tenth inning? No. Hard pass. Yep. Hard pass. Pitch clock, I don't mind. I don't mind the pitch clock at all. Um, But a lot of the other stuff you hear about, you know, let's make the game seven innings. Hard pass. Hard pass. Let's do this. Let's do that. I will take a reliever must face three batters. And three batters, I think, is fine because unless, you know, yes, there can be some massive damage done, but I think the majority of the time, you're not going to completely fall apart because he has to pitch against three guys.
2: That's true, but it does also eliminate the strategy a little bit as well, Um, which, you know, I'm all about the strategy in the game and trying to create as many instances where the managers have to make decisions that are interesting to watch and and kind of think about. Like, you you also judge what the manager does when he makes those decisions. But You see, all he's bringing the lefty now – Okay, who's gonna who's he gonna bring in for the next two batters? Okay, I don't know if I agree with that because this guy is actually good against both, or this guy's been having a rough time. That eliminates a lot of that fun.
0: But I do like the idea of, hey, we need this guy to do this, but I can't bring in him to do this because I gotta think about the next. It does. Yeah, I guess I they, actually think it creates more. It tinkers with the strategy. I think it creates more work for managers, and I'm sorry. To the Joe Maddens, the Terry Franconas of the world. The Aaron Boons. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm never, ever gonna believe you on that, like ever. (laughs) Never. No. Why? I don't care if Aaron Boone wins the next. Been there for two years. I don't care if he wins the next five World Series. He's like. Not even
2: two years. One year. I'm an idiot. One year. He's
0: like the 16th best manager in baseball. Um, I am so excited to see managers work harder. It's not fair to the Joe Maddens, the the Terry Franconas of the world and stuff like that that already do a fantastic job. But I'm excited to see how they deal with this. They now have to think even longer and even harder about the move they're going to make. And I think that's cool. I think that's I'm excited about it as a baseball fan from a manager perspective.
2: And if I want to do a, a flip to my slight opinion about the playoffs is that it yeah, will make the playoff games more watchable. I think so, too. Because it'll be, you won't have innings of four pitching changes. You'll, have, you'll have two pitching changes it's at gonna most.
0: Sp- it's going to speed it up, too. Yeah. Yep. All right, that's that. When we come back, we got fair or foul head up by one of my favorite people in the entire world. That's Joe Fisher. We'll do that next. This is Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. All right, this is Fair or Foul. We try to do this bad boy every single Wednesday as we do this show. Uh, Without any further to do, further to do, or further ad I turn this over to our fantastic producer, who we've heard very little from tonight, Joe. Yeah, I was cranking out this Fair or Foul. The great Joe Fisher III.
1: It gets tough during this time of year to try and find the fair fouls that are fact-based because there aren't the numbers really going on the stats and things to you know plug them into so uh but i think i found a couple um we're gonna start off with an opinion based one here obviously mookie bets going to the dodgers that's the the big news of the week so uh i asked a few weeks ago if mookie bets fair foul would be in a boston red Sox uniform to end the season And it looks like both of us
2: said foul, right?
1: uh, I know I did. I want to say it was a Patrick uh, Fair that he will be in a different jersey. And I didn't. And you did not. Yeah, I I was
0: huge on that. And this isn't a like, I'm right, I'm right. No, by any means. It's like I I had a very strong feeling that Mookie was not going to be a Red Sox.
1: And now I ask you, boys, fair or foul? Mookie Betts will be a Dodger next season, meaning he will sign his big deal with L.A. I'm going to go ahead and say
2: foul on that one. It feels like he really wants to test the market, and I'm not sure the Dodgers will off. The Dodgers are a team that is being built right now on being smart with their finances. I read an article the other week, I guess, at this point, where, I mean, they're going to have nobody over... I don't remember the number, but everyone is under a certain
0: number right? Kershaw's deal ends in uh, I believe after this season
2: and they're v- they've been very very smart Almost gonna, to the point of being frugal.
0: They're gonna have to pay Walker Bueller
2: eventually But so I don't think they're going to commit huge money to Mookie Betts. By the way. I love Walker Bueller He's anyway really continues really good. I I don't think They're gonna commit that money to Mookie Betts. So I'll say foul. I will say he'll go somewhere else.
0: Uh, I am the exact opposite of you, Michael. I believe that Mookie is going to have such a impactful presence in Los Angeles, and I think not only are the fans, but the front office and the players are going to be so jacked and so happy to have him there and make him feel comfortable that I do believe Mookie bets. Will be the right fielder of the Los Angeles Dodgers for the next 10 years. Wow. So I will say fair. Locking it in, huh? I think so. I think so. I think the. I think when he tests the market, the Padres are going to offer him the best deal. I think he re-signs with the Dodgers because I think Mookie wants to win World Series. I think he wants to win more than get paid more because he knows he's going to get paid no matter what. Yeah, I think he stays in L.A. All I
1: right. think it's a perfect fit. Yeah, I hate
0: it. I hate it, but I think it's the perfect. It fit. does
1: feel like one of those. It yeah. feels like yeah. it. All right, moving on to a stat fact based one about Mr. Betts. Since 2016, besides Mike Trout, fair or foul, Mookie Betts has the most wins above replacement Ooh. since 2016. So not be not counting the goat. Not counting Trout. Not counting the not counting Trout. He's <laughs> obviously he's number one. I so. mean, he
0: has the best WAR.
1: In I the know, history of baseball, like I think I'm going to say fair
2: on that one. I remember reading something about how his WAR has been exceptional, Mookie Betts's. So I'll say fair. I don't really have much of a, much of another reason beyond that.
0: But once again, I go completely opposite of Mike Lynch. I believe this is foul, and I don't know this answer. But the reason that makes me think it's foul is that there are a lot more quality right fielders slash outfielders in general. And I feel like somebody like Nolan Arenado, maybe a Paul Goldschmidt, and my boy Frankie Lindor at short might have a better war than him. I mean, this is is why I get into that I think Mookie is not a... I I don't want to say why I get a little on the fence about top five. That's why I say top five, top ten. Because I think that there are a lot of outfielders that can give you not as much, but a similar production as Mookie for a lot less money. I like guys like Nolan Arenado and Frankie Lindor, and so I will say foul.
1: Well, Patrick, uh, that is your opinion, and you're right in your own opinion, but you're wrong with the foul because Mookie Best is second in War, damn, uh, even, uh, a, even even with a crappy 2019 season, yes. crappy quote unquote, didn't
2: he average like a 6.8
0: war or something like that? I'm not
1: sure, I just have the total since 2016. I mean, um, he is a
0: damn good fielder, yeah. Betts, he's a good fielder, so that's probably where it comes through too.
1: 33.8, so 34. Because what he Scher- bat- Scherzer 28, uh, Verlander 27, or aeronado 25? Oh, we don't count pitchers, and that's not even close. He yeah. was he was. High in yeah, course. he
0: was real high. I mean, because last year he batted under 300, which makes him an okay hitter according to my standards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but but his fielding is top notch. I mean, everyone knows, and especially that weird right field, that weird right field at Fenway. Uh,
1: you you got to be something good. All right, now moving on to the hot controversy that is the playoffs. Or what could be the playoffs? And before we started fair foul, I was a minute and a half into Trevor Bauer's video. Oh, I don't know if you saw that. The yet. gem. Yeah.
0: I love Trevor Bauer. Yeah. It um, should be no no shock to anyone, but I love Trevor Bauer.
1: It's six and a half minutes or so, so you should give it a watch. I will finish it after the show. But uh, I mean, just going off of what Trevor Bauer had to say, fair foul. The new playoff ideas are stupid.
2: Well.
0: We're uh, going to get into this next, yeah. so I like your initial take. I'm and gonna, I like that Joe threw us on the spot, Yeah, because this will be good.
2: I'm going to go ahead and say fair. It is stupid. I think there is some fun to it. The whole, like, oh, we'll pick what team we want to play, and that'll create a little bit of a mini rivalry. But I'll
1: give my rose to you.
2: Exactly. But <laughs> I don't think there needs to be more teams in the playoffs. I think that's the key. And as much as I don't love the one-game playoff for... Only one game settling 162. And it's not your team. That is one damn exciting game. It's awesome. Also, the other part of this rule that's really dumb is that the the better team hosts a three-game playoff. The, all three are at their place. Mm-hmm. There's no home at all for the team that's the road team. So that's BS. So I'm going to go ahead and say fair. Fair? This is stupid?
0: Yeah, fair. This is stupid. Uh, in a strange turn of events, I am with Mike Lynch on this. I will also say fair. But... Everything he said I agree with. I think it'd be cool. The drama like a selection Sunday type thing, you know, I think that's kind of cool, blah blah blah. I I love like getting more excitement in baseball. Any, I actually uh, have
1: anything to get the Orioles a better chance I, to take the I, I actually have
0: no problem with the team hosting the three games like either way. But what I'm really excited about with this thing is it is the most fair thing in the history of fair foul if you ask me. Is Trevor Bauer not a godsend from the baseball (laughs) gods the answer is fair I love this man to death dead center fair (laughs) when we when we traded him to the Reds he was kind of tough to deal with and just like this guy's opinionated and he's angry and he goes in slumps and he's too much in his head but now that he's not on the Cleveland Indians I love this man I think he is fantastic and the fact that he calls Rob Manfred a joke and he sticks up for the game I love Trevor Bauer Fair Trevor Bauer is my favorite pitcher in Major League Baseball. All right, I know behind we're... Jack Flaherty because he is super good.
1: And I know that we're up. A... Oh, and
0: Jacob Degrom because I like him too.
1: <laughs> and Walker Buehler, I do. Have I a I do dro- like Walker Buehler. I do have a drop about your favorite pitcher and an act that you would like to do to him. So uh, I might have oh, to yeah? fire that well, off. Well, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, oh um, Robbie De La Rosa. And uh, it, real uh, quickly, uh, uh, fair uh, or foul. Uh, the Mets. Jesus. The Mets have opened. Got me thinking about Robbie De La Rosa. Fair or foul. The Mets have opened a new $57 million spring training facility that they will not let their single-A minor league team use at all. Oh, fair or foul? Yeah Oh, I saw this It's fair Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, like I saw this. I didn't even see this too But it's like How Metsy can you Mets be? You know? <laughs> and they want, they won't let them use The clubhouse specifically They have their own clubhouse Because they want them to see What they are working towards Sorry, you peasants <laughs> Also, keep in mind Of that 57 million uh, The county that Port St. Lucie is in uh, St. Fi- Lucia Lucia, thank you 55 no, no, no it's Port St. Lucie
0: Oh right! Oh, I am not thinking I of the Mexican e. town Probably. of San Lucia.
1: Anyways, of that fifty-seven million, the county where that town is paid fifty-five of it. So the Mets only ponying up two million of that. Well, well, hey, that's money.
0: only. I mean, hey, oh, that's that, clearly not. That's only a year and a half of paying Yoenis Cespedes, so they got that. <laughs> also, so they're good.
1: Their minor leaguer uh, Ty Kelly on Twitter, Ty Kelly eleven tweeted out pictures of the type of food they get on their away trips like field you know like oh we got your lunch packed for you minor leaguers it's quite a treat and a yummy tasty ham and cheese sandwich with a gogurt basically is all they get (laughs) with a gogurt seriously he lists out i loved gogurt when i was you know 11 they were rejected by the cafeteria they were rejected by the cafeteria saying no we already have your lunches prepared for your trip and they were ham sandwiches gogurts a nature valley bar and like an orange or something
2: well hey look when your 2.35 billion dollar sale falls through because your current owners are
0: almost cursed dip you asses. almost did mike you paused uh, that was a good call uh, that was a patrick harris professional move right there michael you were really well, good that was, at that. that was
2: a mike lynch professional move because we know what patrick harris would do in that situation <laughs> Uh, when your owners are dip-asses and change the rules of the engagement at the last second, that's uh, that's what you get. Mets. Uh, it's
0: Metsiest Mets at its Mets finest. Yeah, yeah, that's true. yeah you that's peasants. True. You can't eat with us. <laughs> you can't sit with us! <laughs> uh, anyway, that is fair or foul. Thank you to our fantastic producer, Mr. Joe Fisher, for putting that together. When we come back, there is some proposals about the playoff changes, as we alluded to earlier, that I'd like to get into. But first, there's Joe with sports.
2: This is the hot corner with Harrison
0: Lynch on 1080 The Fan.
2: Put on
0: your red shoes and dance Dance the blues. I love this song. Every time I hear this song, it gets me going. I love David Bowie. It's it's because I think I think David, uh, you know, we're old friends, and Mm. David he goes. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues, and I feel like he's like a lounge singer, and he's like, "Hey, uh, welcome to the flamingo."
2: I know this is not going to be some sort of like wild epiphany, but "Space Oddity" is my favorite David Bowie song. I I love that song.
0: Yeah, that's fun. It's a great song.
2: Yeah, I just I feel like that's probably one of his most popular songs. So it's like, oh, you look at you being brave saying that's your (laughs) favorite song, but no, it's that's my favorite song. I
0: I love "Space Oddity." What's your favorite Beatles song? Come together. You're like, wow, way to do it, dude.
2: Uh, when my guitar gently weeps, actually.
0: Do you know that's my Michael, did you really just say that? That's my favorite song. Do you know that's my favorite song of all time? Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite Beatles song. It's my favorite song of all time. There you go. It's got Eric Clapton on lead guitar. <laughs> he was it's Beatles and Guest. Mm. It, they don't even give him credit. <laughs> He's Eric Clapton. He's like the greatest guitar player alive at the time. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, you can you can hang out with us. Only because you're friends with George. Favorite Led Zeppelin song? Hmm? Hmm? Ooh. Hmm? I think mine is The Ocean. Well, see. I, I like that song see, quite a See, I go into different ways. It, it's like, what Zeppelin song, what Zeppelin style are we mm. talking? I do like Cashmere a lot. Because I'm a big fool in the rain guy. Okay. I love that song to death. But if you want to get into the folky stuff, like the rain song is big for me. Mm-hmm. The ocean is really good. Yeah.
2: It's yeah, my favorite. Really good. Ocean is my favorite. And if I want to go with like some of the faster pace, obviously, like Immigration Day and uh, what is the one right now? Immigration Song. Immigration Song and Celebration Day. Back to back. Those two back to back are really good. And then, yeah, I'm in cashmere. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. No, no, no. It's
0: so epic. Yeah. It's a great song. My band once played that once. We played it once.
2: And it went so well, you just said no more.
0: Uh, Breaking news, Robert Plant is really talented. Yeah. yeah. And it's really hard to do that song. <laughs> oh, let the sun beat down upon my face. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. What were we going to talk about? We were going to talk about the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Do you like this? <sighs> I don't know. It's like, like let's get all NBA and you can choose,
2: choose your own adventure. And it's weird. I I don't like adding more teams. I think that's a pointless exercise. Although I enjoy the one game playoff for the stress of it. And I think it's interesting to watch. I think it's more fair to give teams a three game playoff in that, in that sense. Uh, I think so. In, In some ways I think it's a positive, but I hate the choose your own team thing. And I hate, 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 that the better team gets all three games at home. That to me is awful. In a playoff scenario, both teams should get a chance to play on their home field, unless it's a one game playoff. Three game series, go 1-1-1 or 2-1 or whatever you want to do. Don't make all three in the same place.
0: What That's I think, not cool. What I mean, the one thing I take from all this, I, I actually hate everything. I, I hate it all. I don't like any aspect of it. I'm anti all of it. But what cracks me up is when Major League Baseball comes up with an idea and they just float it out there. They're not saying this is what's going to happen. Like, hey, this is, you know, we got some peeps together and we thought this, you know, we thought about some stuff. We talked about something. This is something we came up with. I'm like, are you five years old? I feel like Major League Baseball, as much as I love them and as much as I think they get most things correct, I do believe that. Whenever these things are floated out, they're always the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. So, you know, instead of four teams in the playoffs, let's go to eight, you know, and we'll just make longer games and let people choose stuff and – you know, I don't know. I don't know. Let's just let the bat, let, let, let's have a one-game playoff of the worst team in baseball against the best team in baseball and see what happens. <laughs> you're like, okay, guys, like, calm down. I don't love the, I don't want this to be the NBA. My biggest, my probably my biggest problem with the NBA and the NHL is that too many teams make the playoffs. However, the chances that a one seed loses to an eight seed in both of those sports, are slim. But I watch baseball. Especially in the NBA. NHL, it happens a little bit more often. It but. happens a little more in the NHL, but it's still not as much. And in the NBA, I believe I've only seen it once in my life, and I believe it's only happened ever once in the history of the NBA. But in baseball, I've watched enough baseball that in a three-game series, an eight-seed could totally beat a one-seed. Of course. And I, I, I don't think that's what we're getting at. No, you still want to give the best
2: chance to the best team. I mean, your season is too long for you to throw away an 162-game season on a three-game playoff against an eight-seed who just gets hot, right? Right. That's not good. That's
0: not cool. Um, Yeah, the A's really strung some wins together to finish the season with 83 wins, and, whoa, they took out the Yankees, who had 120 wins. You know, and you're like, ah! I, I don't mean, great. Know if it's that's a, the baseball I want to see. Yeah, it's a good storyline, and it's fun and whatever. It's cool it's, at the moment, but then but then the A's go play, you know, the Twins in the second round and get blown out right. because they just caught the Yanks on, us, on some bad days. I mean,
2: that happens sometimes in baseball anyway. But you, I think, and this is all sports, I, I would say, you prefer to watch the two best teams play each other in the CS, right? Yankees-Astros was huge, right? Red Sox-Astros two years ago. It's a it's an it's a it's a series that just makes you excited to watch every single day. Yeah. Whereas if you had Astros A's, eh, maybe the A's are hot and they're playing well, but that's not the same excitement. No. Sorry, Oakland fans. But unless Oakland won 110 games that year, then great, sure. That's yeah, the same thing. Then yeah, then, yeah, I but in, see this, that. in this theoretical world where they've won eighty three and they've upset a team. No. Um I do there is a part of me that kind of likes the pick the team thing because then that team can feel slighted and it's like, oh, look at this drama. We got picked to play this team. Oh,
0: for drama and television, it's fantastic. But but for the game, I don't love it.
2: I just don't. You just changed the playoffs like three or four years ago. You don't need to do it again. Right. You just added another team and you created the wild card game and it's already controversial enough as it is. Just leave it be for a bit.
0: And as baseball who's trying to find ways to be relevant, speed up the game, be a little more modern, I don't think doing stuff like this in the playoffs is the way to – I don't think that gets more viewers. I think it makes people more confused. I think it creates more people that want to bash on the game because they look lost or whatever you want to say. I think – I don't think this adds viewers. I think this adds critique. And if there's anything baseball needs less of – is non-baseball fan scripting. because I'm an, I'm not a football fan, and I mean I I watch the game. I like football, obviously. I like the game. I watch it. I watch college. I watch professional. I know enough that I can sit here and if I never told you that I hated the NFL, you would never know that I can talk about it. But those kind of people are just going to bash on baseball. I don't think this brings them to it. And I also think
2: that the current format of the one game playoff brings more eyeballs to that game. I
0: think so too. It's usually on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, one game. elimination. we usually, we usually get the, the American league game on Wednesday. I wish it was the national league as American league fans, but we usually get that on our show and it's great. It's
2: it draws that draws eyeballs. It's it's kind of unfair. That I agree it's with. It's kind of stupid. But if you're drawing all drawing on eyeballs, that's it. That's what it does right there. Perfect. Um, so I don't think you need to change it. Mm-mm. I think I think it's good that you're trying to be creative and think of ways to try to get more people interested in the sport. But this is a misguided one. And yep. if it happens, you'll get used to it, and you'll in in five, six, seven, eight years, you're, you'll forget that it was even new.
0: But right now, I just don't view that as something that's valuable. I agree. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up and uh, finish her off. This is the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner
2: with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan.
0: So I've been watching some more movies lately. Are you almost caught up to the Marvel Universe end there? We're almost there. We're working on it. Uh, I finished Captain America Civil War. That one was my least favorite of them all. Uh, I also was not a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, I've also learned that I'm just not a Captain America guy. That's okay. He's a pretty boring character. It has nothing to do with Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans does Captain America very well. I think the character itself is not my thing.
2: For the uh, people who love the Marvel movies, they say those two, the Avengers and Civil War, are their favorites. I know. And those two are my least favorites of I, I, maybe not the least favorites, but two of my least favorites for yeah. the entire series because to me it was let's shove a bunch of character storylines into one two hour movie and Truth. nothing makes sense. Truth. And why are all why are they all of a sudden so angry at each other mm. and you know, just a movie and a half ago everything was all
0: copacetic and great. It just feels rushed and it's not, you know. They introduced Falcon, which I really like. Yeah. I do really like Falcon. I love I like that character. Then after that I watched Spider Man. Ooh, that's a good one. Spider Man: Homecoming. The new
2: Spider Man is really good.
0: Uh, I think I like Tom Holland as Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I think I have realized that I don't like Spider Man. Whoa, it's a hot take. It just doesn't do it for me. It's
2: the most real of all the superheroes. Just a normal dude who just lives in New York City and I think it's goes the t- I think it's and- the
0: teenage thing. Mm. It just doesn't. Do it for me. Old man Patrick doesn't relate to the teenagers. Yep. I like ah! I like Tony Stark in it. And, you know, I liked Robert Downey in it. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I like I love John Favreau in it. Yeah, I thought it was great. He great But yeah, and I, I like Tom Holland as as Spider Man. But yeah,
2: it just wasn't my thing. He is a great Spider Man, and it, and it did do me uh, much good in my heart to hear that after we thought he was gone, right? Because uh, they sold the Spider Man rights to a different studio. They agreed to keep it in the Marvel Universe. So that was good.
0: Yeah. So he'll be back. Yeah, so he's going to be back, and I've got another Spider-Man movie to Far watch from with him, home. but that's my last one to complete. Mm-hmm. After that, I got into uh, Doctor Strange. The second one? The first one. Oh, there's no second one. There's anymore. only one. Yeah. I did not know he was an actual doctor, so that was kind of fun to learn. <laughs> yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch is probably the best actor any actor to ever appear in a Marvel movie, hmm. with the exception of I don't know, I think Mark Ruffalo is a really good actor. It's probably Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, yeah. if, but you gotta like, you gotta watch like indie movies to really understand how good Mark Ruffalo is. <laughs> Hoity, uh, Patrick over uh, here. James, to watch some indie movies. James man. Spader, who's the voice of Ultron, uh, he is also a phenomenal actor. Okay, uh, ScarJo has a statue at home, so that's one thing. Uh, But but yeah, she is a
2: statue herself.
0: (laughs) I I was surprised at how much I enjoyed Doctor Strange. Um, It's a little sci-fi-y, it's a little fantasy-ish, so that's easy. Uh, The biggest thing that shocked me is that I thought Black Panther was fantastic. That shocked you? Yeah. That's a great movie. I I thought as a superhero, and now I did see him show up in Civil War, and I didn't expect it. So that was kind of nice to introduce. But again, how many new characters am I going to introduce? And I think I was really worried that the hype that Black Panther was really good wasn't going to deliver. It's just a damn good movie. It really is. It was just really good. The only
2: negative for that one, and I I watched an interesting video on it once, was uh, the CGI in that movie is not great because of the deadlines they were put under. Mm. The final battle scene, people who know CGI say it's one of the worst CGI scenes of all time. Oh, interesting. In terms of, like, modern movies and what yeah, you could yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were just rushed and forced to redo it, and there wasn't any sort of collaborative effort. It was just, like, just finish the movie. Mm-hmm. So that final scene where they're, like, I don't remember, they're, like, in the planet or whatever. Yeah. They're in in that tunnel thing. Yeah. It's, I, I It's not a great scene.
0: I kind of lost it at that in, in the end, but I always kind of lose it in the end of Marvel movies with the action because... What I want is character development, and I thought the character development for all characters in Black Panther was fantastic. Indeed. I was, when I heard Michael B. Jordan was in it, I was like, oh, Michael B. Jordan, he's the next Black Panther. He's, you know, the guy. He's going to carry this franchise. And then I watched, and I was like, you're an a-hole. Yeah. I don't like you. Yeah, you got these weird studs in your body. Wait, I really don't like you. And I thought it was great. And you also
2: get his childhood storyline, so you mm-hmm. get to see kind of where it started. Yeah, so it was fantastic. It was pretty cool.
0: I was really pumped about it. And now I get to the one movie that everyone tells me I'm going to love more than anything.
2: Avengers
0: um, Endgame? Incorrect. Not Endgame, sorry. I That's have not. You're thinking Infinity War? Infinity War, yeah. I have not seen Thor Ragnarok, mm. and I am told that this is my movie. All right. As a Guardians of the Galaxy guy, my favorite Marvel character in, the hit, in all these Marvel movies I've watched, well, I got two. I love Black Widow. Black Widow's my jam. And I'm actually really jacked to see that movie. But my favorite character is Groot. <laughs> Groot's my guy. I like Groot. I like Groot the most. But I'm told that Thor Ragnarok is going to be my movie. All right. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I remember liking it. So. Yeah, I'm really pumped. I'm probably going to go home and watch it tonight. Okay. And then after I watch that, then I go to... Uh, Infinity War. And then the real stuff starts. that an endgame? Mm, Yeah, I've got those two, and then I've got Ant-Man and the Wasp, and then I've got uh, Captain Marvel. I'm told to watch Captain Marvel at that time. And then after I'm done with Endgame, I watch Far From Home from Spider-Man. Makes sense to me. So we'll see how it goes. You're almost done, dude. We're almost there. We're almost there. I'll keep you updated next week. We'll see how far I get. Uh, We'll also start diving into some... Uh, division battles, start looking, start pre seasoning the head. I also want to do a little fantasy. That's Mike Lynch. I'm Patrick Harris. Go do something I would do. or Ragnarok. I mean, like, why the hell not?
2: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.